How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now Fernando is on Vucevic, and Vucevic goes right at him. It's a little okay. bit too strong uh, in the shot. I'll take that. Yep. Get him some touches in the paint. We'll talk about it tonight. Vucevic had a great conversation with Will Gottlieb of CHGO and talked about posting up. Why it's difficult to go up against some of the smaller guys that end up on him. Here is quarter for three. That's his first three in the game. Well, one of the reasons why is like big guys think they have the matchup and then they try to wrestle with them. Yeah. The guy's trying to front them or, or side them. That's the game last night. Right, Adam Hogue? Yeah, fun one. Ha! Bulls and Houston Rockets and your colleague Will Gottlieb getting the shout-out from uh, Adam Amin and Stacey King uh, just there. What an unbelievably disappointing and pathetic loss for the Chicago Bulls. On the heels of three road wins in a row, on the heels of... The the piece in The Athletic where Shams Tarania uh, had chased down some of the info that had gone down in Minnesota. And it, it feels big to me because that was a moment where you're like, hmm, I wonder if this is going to light the fire and they're going to wake the F up. And me and Danny sat here and was like, all right, man, well, that's out there now that the whole team's yelling at you, Zach, and saying, come on, you know, you're going to play for each other. What are we doing? The whole team's yelling at the halftime and Billy's letting it happen. Okay, well, boy, you guys at core, you know, Billy Donovan questioned you openly before a game a couple of weeks ago. Then, Zach, you got benched. Remember that? And now here we are. And now this is out. What do you got? What do you got? And they responded as a group. They played real well for three road games and had a three-game winning streak and came back to play a bottom-feeding West Coast team in Houston and allowed them to jump out to a 23-5 to lead, chased it back down, and then lost in the end to a young and hungry team that's not as talented as you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's ugly. kind of a reality check, I feel like. And we were really feeling the vibes there. Back-to-back exciting wins that they had with Io's buzzer beater and DeMar's buzzer beater. And yep. then you come home and that's what happens. And I was at the game a couple weeks ago against the Knicks. We had a great CHGO outing at that game. And it was just, really? We're here at the end of the game cheering on Derrick Rose? Uh-huh. Like, oh, that's, that Friday night yeah, game? It was a really cool moment sure. to be there and experience. But at the same time, it's like... What happened? Like, this is what the fans are excited. The mo- the most exciting thing that happened in a Bulls home game is cheering on the opposing point guard who doesn't even play anymore. Yeah, it's, it's a- abs- yeah. absolutely brutal. 
and and you think maybe they turned a corner, and then they come back with that effort last night. Let's talk about it with your colleague at CHGO, Will Gottlieb, who joins us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Will, thanks for the time. Welcome to the show. It's Parkinson Spiegel, Matt Spiegel, and your guy Adam Hogue. Uh, congrats on the shout-out. We played it on the way in from Adam Amin and NBC Sports Chicago last night. That's kind of cool. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. Um, shout out to Adam. He has been on our show before, but it was yeah, it was really cool. I think that was the first time I've heard my name on a broadcast. So very cool uh, moment for me, for sure. Well, well, the the piece you wrote was really on this topic. We get some of the bigger picture issues here in a moment too. But you wrote about this uh, idea that Stacy King's talked a lot about on the broadcast, which is posting up Vooch more. Mm-hmm. What did you learn in your conversation with him and what were kind of your takeaways? Because you, I know you study and watch a lot of the tape and, and try to come to, to these conclusions. Absolutely, yeah. It's a, I mean, it's an interesting sort of debate and philosophy about how basketball should be played. Right? So if, like, if you zoom out, you know, at the end of the day, basketball is kind of about exploiting mismatches. And so there's a couple of ways you can do that, whether it's, um, you know, in pick and roll going to guards and trying to switch things onto them where they can either get into like a step back three or get to the basket. Or in the Bulls case, uh, or in Vooch's case, in this example, you get a guard switched onto him and, and now he's got like, as Stacey calls it, the mouse in the house situation where, you know, he's on the block and he's got a guard on him. I think for the most part, that's like a really strong option for the Bulls offense. Um, but I kind of wanted to talk to Vooch about it because there's a game a few weeks ago against the Celtics. And the Celtics are really known for having this one through five switching defense with guys that can guard the post who are a little bit smaller. And so there's this, this conversation about like, you've got a smaller guy on you. Does that mean necessarily that the Bulls should be going to you every time down in the post? And he kind of offered it up without even, you know, being prompted. Like, you, you, can't always, you can't always go to me in those situations. It has to be timely. You have to have good position. And oftentimes, you know, that window is really small to get him the ball down there. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think it's, it's sort of feeling it out through the flow of the offense. But I guess at the end of the day, what you don't want to have is you get the switch, guards, dribble, 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 pounding the ball, top of the key, waiting for Vooch to get in position, pounding the ball, pounding the ball, pounding the ball, and then you feed him the ball in the post. At that point, the whole offense has broken down. Everything's bogged down and, and delayed. I think that's where you kind of get into some trouble. It's, it's interesting that, that Vooch would give any pushback on that, and you're giving some context to, 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 to why this has not happened. I do still feel, and I wonder how you feel about it, Will, that the biggest reason that it's not happening where they use Vooch in the post against the littler guy is that they're, they don't move the ball that quick. You know, they're not, they're not, they're not very um, quick in, in making the pass and, and, and getting it across the court and then seeing the opportunity and going for it, um, usually because you have some ball stoppers who happen to be great scorers in Zach and Demar. Absolutely, yeah. And I think actually the Bulls do go to Vooch in the post relative to, you know, how much some of the other centers in the league post up. Um, I think that the post up in a lot of ways is kind of making a comeback, but more in the form of guys like Luka Doncic. Actually, I think DeMar DeRozan is leading the entire NBA in post up scoring efficiency. Hmm. So some of those guys are getting to their post stop a little bit more, but not every team has Jokic or Embiid. So you have to be a little bit more 
Um, you know, you, you have to pick your spots a little bit more carefully. But to your point, I mean, you need to have a dynamic offense, a quick hitting, quick reacting offense to get into those spots. And exactly as you said, I mean, if, if DeMar or Zach, both really obviously incredible offensive talents, but they're limited players in terms of how they like to play and how that fits into feeding other guys the ball. And so if they miss those windows, that's where, like I said, everything kind of bogs down and it becomes difficult. And, you know, you, you hear people saying, well, Vooch is just, you know, acting like a shooting guard. He's at the top of the key, pick and pop situations. But you kind of have to blend all this stuff together. And I think what the Bulls need to do a better job of is finding Vooch early in the offense, getting him low post position near the block so that, you know, the opposing guard isn't just pushing him all the way out to almost a three-point line um, to where even if he does get the ball, now it's not really like a quick over-the-shoulder hook shot. It's, you know, a face-up, and he's got to take three or four dribbles to get to the basket. That, that like, completely takes the Bulls out of their offense. We're talking to Will Gottlieb from CHGO. Uh, what's cool is Will is actually in Argentina right now. Yeah, so that that little pause that you're hearing is is so the international phone line can catch up. Yeah. Why is he in Argentina? Uh, well, Will's ha- going to have to tell us that. In in uh, but what's I want to get into some of the World Cup stuff to, here soon. Do it now. Okay. I'm, cu- I'm curious, man. He's, dude's in Argentina. That is one of the greatest sporting events that most of us have ever seen. If you were there the whole time watching it, it was unbelievable. And then the the parade. Uh, looked like it rivaled the Cubs parade in terms of large gathering, large non-religious gatherings yes. in the history of, of, of the country. So how much of that was Will down there for? To your I, knowledge? I think you were down there for it, right, Will? So um, I've had this trip planned for like over a year, like pre-CHGO, and I realized it's kind of, it's kind of awful timing in terms of covering a, a team that's in season, but... <laughs> Had to go through with it, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we were basically driving. So we did, like, a trek in Patagonia in southern Argentina, took a bus up at the end of that to catch, like, the last two-thirds of the final in Argentina. Wow. Um, obviously, like, one of the craziest sporting events you'll ever see, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, they're feeling great. They're, they've got a two-goal lead, and then all of a sudden Mbappe – comes and ties it up and then you've got extra time and then you've got the penalties and yeah, we were, so we were in a smaller town, but I mean, I I posted a video on Twitter. It was obviously not the like 5 million people that were gathered in uh, Buenos Aires, but it was, it was wild. And they were just like singing and dancing through the night and definitely gave you Cubs 2016 vibes. And then following that, we were actually in Argentina. I think we got there the next day and it was like, disrepair there's like trash on the street there's like bus benches have been destroyed i mean they, they were clearly having a good time um and, and hard to blame them man that was pretty incredible i think 36 years since their their last world cup so pretty pretty amazing thing i'm looking at the video right now on your twitter at will underscore gottlieb and that's just some random small town in Argentina that you happen to be in that's absolutely amazing so and what's cool about the argentinian fans is uh my wife and I were in Paris during the Bears bye week, 
And we happened to be walking down some random street in the Latin Quarter when they, I don't even remember who they beat in that game. It was like the quarterfinals, I think. Morocco or before that? No, it was before that. I think it was. They beat Croatia? I think it was the quarterfinals. Yes, it was a quarterfinal win. They won in PKs. Anyway, we just totally happened to be in the right place at the right time. But the entire street we were on turned into this huge Argentina. There were guys hanging out the window. It was England. They beat England. Right? Well, France beat England. Yeah. I'm talking about Argentina. Oh, sorry. That's what I'm saying. I wasn't even in Argentina. Oh, God, you're in France. Yeah, I'm in France, and Argentina (laughs) wins, and the whole just street we're on, (laughs) traffic stops, huge parade. I love this stuff, so I'm like, let's jump in. So my wife and I jump in this, like, Argentina parade down the street. So I can't... My, my, the overall point is I can't imagine actually being in Argentina based on what we experienced in France. So very cool, Will. And you're obviously doing something right because you're still getting shout-outs shout on the uh, Bulls broadcasts for, <laughs> for covering the, the Bulls at the same time. I know. Not, not a bad couple weeks for me, for sure. Yeah, I, I had that one written, I think, right before I left. And as soon as I left, of course, the Bulls, like, they beat the Mavs. But then they lost, like, four straight and everything was going uh, down the tubes, and so I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta like find the right time to post this Vooch thing. Obviously, all the fans are talking about, uh, should we blow it up? Because we got the draft pick on the Magic. What do we do? What do we do? So it ended up working out, and uh, yeah, I mean, shout out to Adam for for shouting me out. That was awesome. That's awesome. Um, all right, one more on on the Bulls and Zach Levine from me for you, Will Gottlieb. I, <sighs> I love watching sports and talking about sports. Because I am fascinated by people and humanity. And when somebody has a work ethic to become better and like know themselves better and bust their ass, they become like some of my favorite athletes. Joakim Noah is probably my favorite bull of all time. I just, I loved that dude's attitude, his vibe, and him as a human. As you watched him grow as a player and a leader and a communicator, I was like, man, there's that dude. Unfortunately, sometimes I feel like the humanity shows itself in, a, in an unfortunate way or in a different way. And I have no way of looking at this Zach Levine situation other than to have it feel like a dude who's wanted his whole life and his whole NBA career to get paid like a max player and be that guy. And he's great and he's worked his ass off. But now here in year one of being paid like that guy – the foot is off the gas, and he's just – we've seen it happen. It feels like that's what I'm seeing happen where he is – whether it's, it's, it's subtle or whether he doesn't even realize he's doing it or whether he thinks he can get away with it. He's just got the foot off the gas, and it's the NBA, and you could turn it on for playoffs. But if he doesn't turn it on with full effort, then they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, I don't like to be cynical – where where are you with my perception of, of what has happened to Zach in this year? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a strange situation. It's a tough situation. I think for me, and this is kind of speculation in my opinion of you know, how things are going around the team and, and maybe with Zach specifically, um, but we, I think we saw this down the stretch of last year of – Adversity hits and they just fold. I mean, it's not just Zach; it's it's the group in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we talk about this a lot on our shows. Example where they were playing the Bucks. I think in it wasn't the playoffs. It was you know a couple of weeks before the playoffs even started. And Pat Connaughton hits a corner three with like eight minutes to go in the first quarter. And Kobe White fouled him, and it was like the game was over. 
and it had, it had already ended. And I think mean, you've seen a ton of examples of that through the 18-15 finish the last season, the you know five-game uh, playoff split against the Bucks, and then to start the season so far, they just they don't have that kind of fight to step up, take the punch, and then get back up. And I don't know if that's like if it comes from Zach being a leader of the team or sort of what the order of operations is there. But I think on the whole, that's something that the group really struggles with. I think Billy Donovan would tell you as much. Um, for Zach, again, my, my sort of opinion and speculation is that, like, he is somebody who thinks he is great, and I think he, he is great, but he wants to continue to prove and, um, and you know, sort of asserts to fans or media or whoever it is that he is great as well. And I think for him, it seemed to me that his max contract was a way of proving that. So less about the money and more just like I am paid what I am deserved. I am a deserving max caliber player. And yeah, I mean, I, I think the injury, you know, he obviously dealt with a knee issue down the stretch of last year, a thumb injury as well, which I, I don't think gets talked about quite enough. And then the procedure, you know, the same thing Lonzo Ball had over the summer, mm. uh, the scope in his knee. He just has not been right. I think he's starting to look a little bit better. Um, I think his, his body language and the fact that he, you know, isn't finishing around the rim quite as well. I know he's been better of late. Uh, the fact that there seems to be just like some sort of systematic problem between not like him and DeMar personally, but just like the way that the offense flows, it just seems like nothing is really working. I think that is pretty depressing. I mean, I, I hate to be cynical as well, but it just, things aren't really working. I, and I, it's hard for me to put the blame on Zach with this. Obviously DeMar has been uh, the, the steady one. I think he has continued to play the way that he did last year. And it, it's kind of, those has been on Zach to sort of get, back into, you know, playing the way that he was the first half of last year, but just any standard that, you know, he, he thinks he wants to be a great player. He says he wants to be a great player. He's paid like a great player. He's got to perform like a great player. And he has not been at that level. The Bulls obviously have not been at that level either. So it's just, it's everything right now with this team. And we're getting to the point in the season where you do really have to start thinking about the future of the group. And, and you know, if you want to make some trades or, uh, whatever it may be, but to me, it's just, I, I think Zach has been a problem in terms of the way that he's performed, but I think the issues go way further. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's well said, Will. Uh, great stuff. Enjoy the piece on, uh, on, on Vooch, and also I would encourage people to check out what you wrote last week when all the uh, sort of the drama came out. Will had some good just thoughts on from Argentina again <laughs> and credit to you for uh you know I'm as somebody who just generally dislikes winter way to fly to the southern hemisphere to just fix that problem I think yeah was, that's well that's, done by you that's a good choice thank you Will it, for the it was time perfect timing. yeah it was perfect timing. <laughs> good stuff thank you Will appreciate thank it thank you guys so much it was great talking with you you got it it's Will Gottlieb from uh from CHGO no it's good stuff there in the Zach response I I appreciate it um, because that that feeling of quit, that overall collective feeling of going ahead and folding in the tent is like an understanding that it doesn't work. That has been there since the second half of last year. And and I appreciate the texture also getting in saying, look, this is uh, Zach, who Zach has always been, as in terms of defender. To me, it seems like more hero ball and less willing team offense this year 
And, um, and and I think it's also what you said, which is just taking your foot off the gas a little, a little bit. Little which bit. I think it's into the psychology of professional sports athletes too. And there's like a human nature that I I understand when you get what a contract that's literally called the max contract. Yeah. There's it's sort of understandable that you pull off the gas a little bit. Sure, when you've, right? especially when you've been injured and you've dealt with it. Oh, we just saw Eddie Jackson live that way, yeah. frankly, for a little while. And now Eddie, Eddie had a great year that ends on IR, but Eddie stepped his game back up hard. We all, we all watched what it was, though. And for, this is this is probably a good transition to what I think we're talking about next. But I, I this is, is what separates the really good athletes to the rare ones that live on forever in the Hall of Fames because they're able to keep stepping on the gas more after mm-hmm. they get paid. One of the most unique defensive players in the history of the NFL, frankly, retired. And we'll talk about that, and Adam knew him well at the very beginning. So we'll do that next. It's Adam Oak, Matt Spiegel, Parkins and Spiegel Show on 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I'm sorry about this afternoon. Please, everyone be quiet. Afternoons on the score. Listen, I'm, I'm happy for him. You know, I got lucky to play a long, long time, and father time catches up to you. And this Tom Brady as well, watching him, I, I just feel bad for him. I wish they would make the decision a little earlier to walk away. I know the paycheck's there. I know you think you can still do it, but it just tarnishes their resume a little bit when they keep going out there and performing like they are when they get older. And I, I'm happy he's stepping away. He's had too many injuries, and it's time. That is our man Patrick Manley talking about J.J. Watt, who has announced his retirement today. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure 
says J.J. Watt, an absolute nightmare for quarterbacks, a nightmare for offensive lines and offensive coordinators, and one of the more unique careers in the history of the NFL, Adam Hogue, I mean, as a great, dominant interior lineman at the beginning of his career, best interior lineman in football, he was basically, you know, Aaron Donald quality as an interior lineman, and then he started to move to the edge and... Ended up doing both and then was a full-time edge rusher. As that's all happening, he was defensive player of the year in three out of four seasons as that's all going on. Just outrageous and thoroughly unique injuries kind of derailed the totality of the career a little bit. But I think a first ballot Hall of Famer, J.J. Watt. Yeah, and to go off of what Patrick Manley was saying there, like to me, even when he's back with the Texans and dominant, I always picture him with that gash on his nose that actually started when he was in college still at Wisconsin. I never understood, like, he always had that, and it was just like, I don't know, it's like his badge of honor or something. And then the big brace that he wore on his arm because of his elbow injuries. And that was a long time ago. That was when he was Defense Player of the Year, like, yeah. seven years ago. <laughs> uh, and so he's still playing. He's still only 33, so good for him. And, and he's, st- he's, he's actually still playing playing pretty yes. well, yes, too. But he just had a baby, you know, his uh, his wife is um, an MLS soccer player who played here in Chicago. I don't think she's. I don't still think she does. does anymore, but she did. Yeah, yeah. and um, just just had a baby, and he's going to move on with the rest of his life. Get out while the getting's good. Good for him. This is from James Palmer uh, from the NFL Network. He just tweeted this a little while ago. From 2012 to 2015, JJ Watt won three Defensive Player of the Year awards, which is tied most all time for a full career hmm. during that four year span. Watt had 18 and a half more sacks, 90 more quarterback hits, and 51 more tackles for loss than any other player in the NFL. Oh, my God. I mean, he was just doing laps around the rest of the league. That is insane. That, yeah. You know what? That dovetails well with what I read in Pro Football Focus today, which is that, and I didn't remember this, he broke the grading scale. You remember that? <laughs> so, so like, he, he literally, Sam Munson wrote about it, that like there was, there was a time there that they had a they used this old kind of plus minus system to display grades and Justin Smith of the Niners was the best defensive end and was do it was averaging at around a 35 on the pro football focus scale over a full season and then Watt had like a breakout season where his grade was in the 90s and they're like all right we need to change the way that we do this we can't he's not he's not that much better or if he is that much better we need to show this better complete they really did change the grading scale cuz he broke their system yeah no he was he was insane to go back to i i had i was in the unique position where i covered him not only um his First season, well, really all three seasons at Wisconsin where he played. So uh, you, you went to Wisconsin and were in sports media at Wisconsin. Correct. But then even the last couple of years um, after I was out of there, I was going back and freelancing for for different people. So even though I was down here actually working for the score at the time, yeah. I was going up there and covering games and still would interview. Anyway, uh, and, and I should rephrase it. He only played two years because he had to sit out. The tw- the 2008 season. People forget he went to Central Michigan and played tight end. That's how his college career started. And then, just to tell you a little story, so he transfers back to Wisconsin. Brett Bielema was the coach at the time. Mm-hmm. And so 2008, which was my last year as a student there, he's um, 
And actually, that would never mind. That doesn't matter. But anyway, he's sitting out that season. Okay. And I've never it's heard before the transfer portal allowed immediate right. playing. Yeah. And I remember, like, you never heard the coaches talk much about a player that wasn't playing. Like that wasn't. And but every week he was winning scout team player of the of the week because huh. they would hand that award out. And eventually it's just like this, like almost on a weekly basis, the head coach is talking about a player who isn't even on the team really. He doesn't play on Saturdays. He has to sit out this year. And then you got into spring ball going into 2009. And then by the time you're in training camp, you're like, this this kid might be like one of their best players already. And sure enough, right away he dominates. He has 15 and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks in what was his sophomore season. And then he comes back. And uh, in 2010, he has seven sacks and 21 tackles for a loss, which is a ton in the college football season. Hmm. Um, And he was just that good. And I still felt like as he left a year early, and rightfully so, to go to the NFL draft, he was being undervalued. And sure enough, the Texans managed to get him at number 11 um, when he probably, in hindsight, should have gone like, you know, number one overall. One, two, three, yeah. (laughs) I mean, seriously, we're talking about a first ballot Hall of Famer, a game wrecker. Then and he he went down at eleven. That that's crazy. So you you remember hearing about him, and 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 he he's a guy who kind of just he worked his ass off, right? That's why I, I think is so cool about the JJ Watt story is because he. I remember I had an interview with him before he ever played a down for the Badgers, and I remember, and I'm still young too. Like I don't have the perspective of talking to professional athletes, or mm-hmm. and I remember walking away from that and being like, "Something different about this dude." Like I don't know what it is, and and again, he hadn't played it down yet. All I knew is he's a tight end from Central Michigan, right? And I'm like, I don't know. There's something different with the way this guy works that clearly is impressing everybody here. Um, and then actually, I I ended up publishing this magazine for a couple of years after that previewing Wisconsin seasons and Connor McKnight wrote a story for that and he interviewed JJ Watt and it was this dream big work hard um, mentality that JJ had mm-hmm. and he's always lived by it at least from that point on and it speaks to and you know sort of the contrast of what we were talking about in the last segment yeah this like kind of no matter what success you're having like or even not having why can't I do it why can't I keep doing it and that is always seemed to be what drove him. Dream big, work hard. He outworked a ton of people while also having this incredible talent, obviously, and it resulted in the NFL career he had. And a few years ago at the Super Bowl uh, in Minnesota, when he won the NFL Man of the, Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, it's kind of this weird, almost selfish moment where I see him after the ceremony, and he's with the Payton family. He's with Jarrett. You know, he's with Connie and he's with Brittany and and they're just sort of talking and I'm standing, I don't know, 15 yards away and I'm just watching it. And I sort of had this like, he, at this point, has no idea who I am. Like, right. This was how many years after I covered him. He wouldn't remember me. Were you proud? And I was like kind of proud of him. Sure. It was like a weird thing. It was like, you know, I got to talk to this guy and interview him before he was ever really J.J. Watt in the way that we've all come to know him. And here he is, Walter Payton, NFL Man of the Year Award. And I was just kind of standing there in awe of him. And like, dude, good for you. Yeah, man. I, I, don't, I don't think that's selfish. I think that's like you actually, you, you, you saw the, some of the formative years 
and you saw the work ethic and the drive and to see that get paid off is like yeah. on a human level that's that's satisfying yeah you know and good for him no that that's that's cool um it, you know it, it it's it, it's amazing because um that's just kind of who he was. It's kind of what what the ethic always was. Robert Mays from the Athletic had put out this this um, profile on back in 2014 on on JJ Watt, and here's the quote. And this goes along with exactly what you just told us about what you experienced, what Connor McKnight experienced when the uh, Wisconsin media mafia that is now Chicago media <laughs> mafia was uh, doing their JJ Watt work. But this is from JJ Watt quote. The way I look at it is somebody in the world, no matter what your field is, teacher, violinist, football player, somebody has to be the best. Why not me? If I dedicate all my time, if I cut out all the other crap from my life, if I give everything I have to this game for 10 or 12 years, maybe it is. And when I'm done, I'll go sit on my front porch with my buddies, have a beer and say, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? I guess to to do that now. That's pretty neat. That's awesome. Just to think about it that way. But again, that gets back to what we were talking about earlier, which yeah. is like this sort of drive that goes beyond money, that goes beyond the contract or, right. or you know, getting paid the best at your position, you know, it going beyond that and saying, no, no, I want to be known as like the best. Yeah, it's a matter of what you value, right? Yeah. And it's like, and I appreciated the way that Will reframed it in terms of the respect Mm-hmm. of being a max contract guy. It's not about $215 million. It's the fact that I'm given the most that I can be given because yeah. I am that good. So that feeling driving you, and I get it. There's nothing wrong with that feeling driving you. It's just that some of the other feelings and values that drive you are going to last a little longer than that because yeah. you might get paid. Mm-hmm. You know, We yeah. all kind of have these things in our lives Man, this old guy talking here, like where you value certain things and then sometimes you get them and you're like, oh, wait a minute, that didn't fill the hole that I thought was wow, that, needed to be filled. That's human nature in general, I think. I think it you is. Know, to a certain extent. And I think that, you know, getting back to what you were talking about earlier too, about the uniqueness about J.J. Watt's career. Yeah. Um, you know, he was a 4-3 end at Wisconsin. Where he did most of his damage as a 4-3 end. When the Texans drafted him, he was more of a 3-4 defensive end kicking inside where you still have the exterior uh, edge, you know, outside linebackers, depending on, you know, the specific scheme of it. But Mm -hmm. um, he was big enough that he could do that, um, where he's sliding more inside, playing more of a five technique, and but doing it in a way that was so dominant still as a pass rusher when you're picturing more of like Khalil Mack in the Bears defense when they're running a 3-4, he's coming off the edge. Yeah. and you know, I think guys like that, JJ Watt, Aaron Donald, um, they transcend scheme. I mean, there's something to be said for that. They're just so unique. Yeah. That's why they're so good. Brian Urlacher playing the Mike linebacker in the four three, he where he's like dropping back and essentially a safety. These these are the unique rare players. All right, let, let let's let's carry that forward. Um textures, listeners out there, if you got anybody to add to that list. Because the obvious one playing in the NFL right now is Micah Parsons, who is who came in as a middle linebacker. Yeah. Came in as a middle linebacker. Then they used him a little bit on the edge and were like, oh, he's great at doing that. And now they can do whatever the hell they want with him. Like yeah. guy, guys like that. So JJ Watt, interior and the edge, 
There's a local one that comes to mind. Somebody will have it for us on the text line at 312-644-6767. Most versatile, kind of unique, multi-position football players like that is the conversation. Give us your input on it. 312-644-6767. Speaks and Adam Hogue. Speaks and Adam Hogue on Parkinson Spiegel. The Hogster on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Mango. Afternoons on the score. He makes another huge play. Well, this is J.J. Watt's special. Nobody in the, I would say, ever in the history of football is as good at passes defense. He's got like 68 or 70 or something in his career, which is nuts for a D lineman. Jumps up and hits it. Interception. Monster, monster play for this team. He J.J. Watt has retired. Some Bears-centric conversation. At the top of the hour, coming with Adam Hogue. Paul Charchian is going to join us next hour. I am in my first year really experiencing and living the Guillotine League lifestyle in fantasy football. We are down to two teams in my Guillotine League uh, for a season that started with 17, and those two teams are helmed by me and Paul Charchian. So wow. I know, right? So I texted him today, like, come on. Come on, man. Let's talk about this. So we, we got to talk about it again. And I've, it, it's been fascinating. I know you're a big fantasy football guy. Yeah. Um, and I know studs is as well. He was bragging in our text thread earlier today about it. Yeah. So. I'm in, uh, f- I'm in five leagues. Yeah. I'm in four championships. There you go. So well, did- what happened in that one? Uh, so what happened <laughs> was I drafted Cooper cup in the first round and he, and he got hurt. That wasn't a real and, question. And that team, yeah. that team no. went downhill. So. Well, Nobody cares. That's the danger. I, I fully admit that nobody cares about your specific fantasy team, but we all care about our own fantasy team, and the conversation is going to be about formats and the way to have the most fun and things like that. See, I think there's legitimate fantasy football prowess over here on the other side of the glass. In five leagues and four championships. No, it's I, unprecedented. Well, I'm in one league and in one championship, so my batting average is better than yours. Oh, right, yeah, it's so, true. Right, right, yeah, fine. <laughs> I'll, God, guys, zip it up. All right, put you, it back in your pants you know and zip it up. See, here's the thing, though. I actually find... The conversation, the spe- the more specific conversations, especially late in the season when we get to like some of these ridiculous endings to leagues, uh-huh. and the way you can lose a championship or lose a semi. And I actually think it's an interesting, like the bad beats. Yeah. So we started a segment on our CSGO Bears show that is we do care about your fantasy football team. Oh really? Yeah, and we take submissions. Oh wow! You know, like you know how ridiculous that because I saw some of this going on, on Twitter last night. I think there was a nine yard loss by uh, was it was it Zach Moss last night? No, it was someone had a nine yard loss there, late late in the game. And well, like, one oh sorry, go ahead. No, what was it? There you was know? Matthew Barry quote tweeted someone that it was a six yard catch by Michael Pittman at the end of the game that won that person their game. So yeah. it was a meaningless last play of the game, but that point and a half or whatever it was won that person the game. It's ridiculous. Mm. The whole concept's ridiculous. It is. Uh, I know. It's, cra- it's yeah. crazy. But we'll, we'll talk about it with Charge. But I, I was asking people and asking you guys for um, the uh, – for the. I'm sorry. I'm laughing at uh, Sean and Charlotte saying, Parkinson Spiegel Show with their first fantasy football segment of the year in week 17. <laughs> Bold. <laughs> It's a good call. It's a good call, That's actually. Funny. Yeah. Like, all right, let's play catch up. Yep. What's been going on these past 17 weeks? Right to the championship uh, week. <laughs> That's a good way to bring uh, Charge in. Thank you, Sean. So, most malleable 
unique defensive players that you have seen in the NFL. I brought up Micah Parsons because it always he always makes me think about Clay Matthews when Dom Capers started using Clay Matthews on the edge, middle yeah. linebacker, like his daddy before him, Clay Matthews. Yeah. Middle linebacker, and then Dom Capers is like, I don't know why I'm just not rushing him from the edge. And all of a sudden, was like, where's Clay Matthews? I don't know. Is he in the middle being the Packers version of Erlacher, or is he on the edge being the Packers version of Julius Peppers? You know, like it was just just frightening in that way. But this gets back to, and there's some good examples here on the, on the text line, but this gets back to sometimes I get infuriated during NFL draft season because yeah. everyone just wants to like pigeonhole all these players and to like, no, he's this, he's this. Uh-huh. He's, and this even happened with Sanborn, Jack Sanborn. I'm like, how about the guy's just a good football player? Uh, yeah, well, there, there's truth to that. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and and I think Sanborn, and he actually did this year, could play multiple positions. Now I'm putting not putting Sanborn in like the JJ Watt. I hear what you're saying, but you you know, t- but, but, t- but the malleability. We sometimes overthink this stuff, and I think the good players can play multiple positions. It's a matter of opportunity. Mm-hmm. You let them do it. Now a lot of people brought up Julius Peppers. Good example. Guy could play inside, outside. Went to Green Bay. Was a three-four edge guy. What, what, what am I supposed to do about a three-four edge guy or a four-three defensive end? So yes, outside linebacker in yeah. Green Bay. But it's not like was he was he really asked to go back and cover a ton more? Yeah. You know how much does that change? Edge versus edge. I agree with you that that's not quite as impressive as some of these other guys like Micah Parsons, who are literally playing at different levels of the defense. Right. Um, like we went through this with Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack was a four three guy. Came to Chicago. They asked him to be three four outside linebacker. Was like, okay, sure. Yeah, okay, first exactly. Game, first game ever. He had like maybe the best defensive performance we've seen in a couple decades. Right. Um, and it still might have been the most impressive I've ever seen with my own eyes. Yeah. Like just what he did with five days notice. I I think of Jalen Ramsey too in the star position that they'll mm. play him in. You know, he's almost playing. He'll play outside. He'll play inside. He'll kind of play this linebacker role. He could play safety. He does a ton. They move him around incredibly in that defense. So that kind of thing has developed where it's like it it could be a nickel, but it could be a linebacker. Right, like th- that is that that kind of has become a position. Tyron Matthews sometimes, yeah. it, like when he's healthy, will get used in 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 that kind of way. Uh, we were talking about Brian Erlacher before. Erlacher was basically a safety playing middle linebacker. Sure, and then you could walk him up to the line of scrimmage, and he could be a you he could know, do it there too. Pretty, pretty good edge rusher too. S- several yeah. textures brought up Troy Polamalu from his Steelers years, where you could use that guy as a safety, which is what he was listed at, or you could bring him up to the edge. And he would he would play on the edge, or he'd shoot the a gap, or he'd be a cover corner. He could do whatever the hell you wanted him to. Do. Yeah, I always think of uh, it, this goes back to the opportunity thing. Um, I, I'll never forget when the Bears drafted Kyle Fuller. Phil Emery spent that entire I press know. conference talking about how he they used I him know. as an inverted linebacker, and he showed all this. It's the tape. Georgia Tech game, the Navy yeah. game, and then they never played him that they way. They never used him. I totally remember over that. over multiple regimes. And and I'll give uh, Hub Arkus credit. He'd come on on the score every week and be like, I don't know why they don't play him at safety ever. He he could be a safety. Yeah, they never saw it. Or he could play. And, and now we're seeing and Emery saw it. That's yeah. why he picked him. And we're now we're seeing guys like Matt Eberflus who have openly said like the nickel spot, the slot corner, yeah. is maybe the most important spot because you got to be able to play inside, outside, basically slide over to be the same linebacker. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you might be a nickel. Uh, personnel, but then sort of realize at the snap, uh oh, the matchup's not right, and you almost have to be able to slide over and play, you know, a more traditional four three Sam linebacker. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I always wanted to see Kyle Fuller play more inside. Yeah, 
and they never got the opportunity. Really. Never got a shot to do it. Then there's and there's a lot of safeties. I mean, obviously already the way that Eberflus is using Jaquan Brisker, bringing him yep. up to the line, and it, he's a safety leading the team in sacks, which mm-hmm. is a sad thing. That is sad in and of itself. Yeah. Um, a, a few others. The Chicago Bear I was thinking of that J.J. Watt reminded me of is Dan Hampton. Okay. For anybody who doesn't remember, Dan Hampton was... He played also, every spot on the line. Every spot on the defensive line and dominated everywhere. And there are sometimes people look at Hamp and like, are those really Hall of Fame numbers? Hamp was a Hall of Famer. He could play anywhere on the D-line and was you know, probably the most important guy on that defense, frankly, was, was Hampton because of what they could do and move him... All around there, and the linebackers picked up a lot of the the stuff that he and McMichael and 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 Dent kind of uh, allowed them to pick up. Yeah, from, that's a good from one. The, the person swallowing. Um, I'm trying to see what uh, what a else? current one is Isaiah Simmons. Ah, there you go. Who actually plays with JJ Watt? There you go. So so Isaiah Simmons is is that? Will they use him as a strong safety or a slot corner or a middle linebacker and an outside linebacker? Absolutely. Um, and, and obviously, you know, Lawrence Taylor being an unblockable defensive edge and the way that Derek Thomas got used as a defensive edge is somebody that people want to bring up. Those guys were like freaks, freaks, yeah. though. But it's not like Lawrence Taylor moved inside very much. Sure. Yeah. I, I just think it's, he probably could have. Right. He probably could have. Could have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the common theme in all this are these are really good football players. Really? Who, uh, Really can, can do a lot of different things. Really, go figure. Kind of like how Walter Payton could run the ball, catch the ball, throw the ball. Could do anything you really wanted him to do. Probably yeah. could have played defense if you wanted him to. I'm sure, they could have. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Um, six. And Texture says that's enough pre HD football discussion for the day. Lol. You know what? You're not invited over, sir. You're not invited over, and I won't invite you to uh, Bill Belichick's personal football video library that he inherited from his father, the former Navy coach, which is the most impressive football video library in the world that Bill Belichick has. Good for him. His team stinks, though. Bill Belichick. Dirty, stupid team these days. Maybe you shouldn't hire a defensive coordinator be your offensive coordinator i don't know that's boy that's some ego right there isn't it so a- anybody could do this just gotta think like a football coach yeah, just do just know what i do and run my systems the awkwardness of the tank in conversation at hallis hall and here we'll do that next with adam hogue paul charchian at 525 keep it here on the score how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.